evening and welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. And as you know, I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Now, we have a guest joining us tonight. I'll let him give his own full introduction, but I'll just call him Eric. Um, we know each other on Facebook. Um, and so he reached out to me and he just wanted to talk about a difference in opinion um, that he had in terms of black history. It is Black History Month, but specifically my view of the African monarchs. He said that he disagrees. And and just so y'all know, this ain't no adversarial type thing. You're not finna hear some people debating and trying to put each other down and, and all of that. You know, the real purpose of the debate is not to build consensus, but the purpose of the debate is to make people think. Because each one of us might have a piece of information the other one doesn't have and and so we then think you know we think about it and, and hopefully do our research later because i don't do those type of shows you know we we're not going to be on here yelling at each other or or anything like that but we don't have that type of relationship anyway you know through through social media um but you know i want to talk about uh, these African monarchs, because they are a part of our history of the African diaspora, no matter where you are. Um, and we need to acknowledge that history and talk about their history, even if it's a negative, something that is seen as negative. You know, um, I don't think there's any perfect people on the planet, but um, I said, you know, let's have the discussion. And so y'all stay tuned as uh, our guests will be joining us here shortly. I also want to talk about the emotionalism and uncodified behavior I witnessed in the wake of the killing of Tyree Nichols. Now, one thing that caught my eye, eye as well as that of the suspected racist podcast host is the Reverend Al Sharpton's claim at the funeral for Mr. Tyree Nichols. Um, at the funeral party, his sermon, he told the family and everybody else that if Tyree were white, it wouldn't have happened to him. Now, I happen to think for those that are codified, and I'm talking about in terms of Mr. Neely Fuller Jr.'s code book and those who follow his podcast, you might have heard him talk about some of these things when we're in public and how we have to use codified language. So I found that statement to be both uncodified and incorrect, okay? And I pointed this out online to one of my friends who said, you know, Sharpton has some interesting comments. And I was like, yada, 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 um, rinse, repeat, say the same thing, you know, change the names in the sermon uh, after another black person has been gunned down. You know, it's nothing new. It's rinse and repeat. And we got to break out of that. Um, but, you know, this black woman, I'm saying, yeah, uh, white boys have been hundreds of them actually got killed last year, 2022. Um, yes, some have been handcuffed and beaten. Um, I, because I follow police violence as a news topic. I see all the stories and then all the different databases. They have all the different races and it's broken down in statistics. So if police kill 1100 people, I think it was 1125. Um, people are saying it's a record. I haven't actually checked myself, but that's about average from what I can tell. It's always over a thousand hovering around 1100. So if black people is only 26% of those victims, then who are all these other victims? Right? 
And just by the sheer numbers, you know, because they whites are the dominant population, it is going to be more of them killed. But we want to play the statistics game as if this is an oppression Olympics, when the problem is police killing people, not just black people, they killing everybody. And yet, you know, we want to take these lanes that don't lead to the problem being solved. And there are common sense things, but, you know, I just felt it to be so uncodified. So after our conversation, if we have some time, you know, um, you know, when I pointed that out, what I was getting to was this black woman had emotional reaction to me. And a lot of people are in their emotions when these sort of things happen, especially if they go watch the videos and stuff, um, which I do not do. I, I just read the transcripts. I listen to what the families and the other people had to say. They watched it, but I can't take it no more. It's traumatizing. You know what I'm saying? That's not to say I'm weak or anything, but why would I subject myself to black people being snuffed out on film? You know, um, I feel like the Associated Press and the corporate media is profit, profiting off of those snuff films. Cause when you go to watch it on their platform, well, you're getting hit with the ads and all of that. So you're prob you profiting off of this death at the hands of police, and that's just sick. And I, I won't be a part of, part of that. But you know, we had to get out of our emotions and think logically, as Mister Fuller is fond of saying. It, it comes down to logic. What's the problem with acknowledging that we ain't the only victims? The data is there. There's nothing to get emotional about to hate on me or block me or anything else. That's just an emotional reaction. Again, I understand it, but emotions don't lead to solutions, you know, because emotions, a lot of people, when they're emotional, they can't think straight. That's why they tell you don't panic. Don't get emotional because then you're going to have the wrong, you're going to take the wrong action because you're not thinking straight. Um, people actually train for those type of situations. But anyway, so, after our discussion on these African monarchs, um, I do want to uh, jump into that. I got some a uh, couple of clips I'm going to share uh, with you tonight. And let me go ahead without further delay. Oh, let me mention that you can give us a call and join the conversation by calling 717-908-1834. That is 717-908-1834. And the code is 269626. And it should be written down for you right there on the Black Talk Radio Network. I'll mention it again. And if y'all hear me moving around a lot, please excuse that sound of my squeaky chair because I might be moving around a lot. Y'all know, uh, for those that's followed this station for a long time, y'all know this station only got established because I had a very serious back injury in 2007 that put me on my back for a year, partially paralyzed, left leg was useless, whatnot. And instead of falling into depression, I did have a laptop and access to the internet. And I discovered this platform called Blog Talk Radio and this technology called Digital Radio. And so I learned what I could from them and uh, created the Black Talk Radio Network because we needed our own digital space. But if I had not gotten hurt, guess what? I probably would be close to retirement or or something like that, working in the construction industry, building all of these cookie cutter, unaffordable homes, these cheap, cheap homes they building, but charging 
upwards of a quarter of a million dollars for. They're building them all over. I'm in a rural area. I got developments up the road, developments down the road. They cramming as many people as they can on this on this land so that they can increase the tax base. And, and man, the wildlife is suffering uh, for it. But, yeah, that's what I would be doing if I had not gotten hurt. So, um, yeah, it's just funny how things work out and how we get on the paths that we are on. So without further delay, let me go ahead and bring on Eric. Eric, thanks for hanging on and being patient with the opening. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, brother. I'm thankful. Uh, my back is killing me right now. So, yeah, if y'all hear my squeaky chair, that's because I'm moving around. Okay. All right, but uh, uh, I'm doing as well as can be expected behind these enemy lines. Um, so go ahead and give yourself an introduction. How did we? How did? How did we come to be in contact with each other? What do you know about Black Talk Radio? And tell the people as much as you want about yourself. You know, I'm only going to refer to you as your first by your first name, because uh, some it's, it's Eric. It's Eric. Found on on any social any social media. E-R-I-K-P-O-L-N-E-T-T. Um, so yeah, I can feel pretty found on any social media. Doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily follow anybody back, but, uh, you know, um, definitely not following trolls back, but, but you know, it is what it is. Listen, um, uh, the normal human psyche is to want to hear anything that sounds appealing to you, right? Any, any any type of any type of bias like like for example if you hear something about we in black history month and i remember uh i remember um i think there was a a, a documentary uh something about colors hidden colors came out and there was a lot of misinformation in that in that documentary mm-hmm. you know what i mean but everything sounded great you know what i mean it sounded it sounded great like man that's the you know especially if you you come from uh, parts of the country that doesn't share or, or doesn't give you enough information about black history. I'm li- I live in Florida and, you know, our governor, uh, here in Florida is, is actively trying to make sure that, uh, we get a very sanitized version of American history. Yeah, right. Um, uh, by, yeah, DeSantis, uh, that is, you know, it, it, it and it's and it's sad. You like you like well, you know. I'm not getting a lot of my information from the schools anyway, from the public schools anyway. But I I mean, um, at least I should know about some things, invention, you know, in, inventions or mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, whatever whatever the history, whatever the history, the you know the the obvious history, the Martin Luther King histories and the you know how things got here and this. In, in this institution, um, uh, this, uh, this institution of, called American slavery, where, where, uh, you know, that was, that was where the disagreement between you and I came up. And, and, and me, like I said, me and you have been, me and you have been, so, uh, Facebook friends for a long time, probably close to, you know, six, seven years. You know what I mean? So I pay attention to some of the things that you say and some, some of the things that you put out. And, 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 um, and, we have to be very careful on how we put that, you know, how we put that information out and what we, and what we, uh, what we agree or what, uh, what we agree on, what we disagree on, what we, what we see out in the world. And then we have these positions that we 
that we are firm in those positions. And, 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 you know, and, and like I said, those are my, those are my differences. And I'm like, and I'm, and, and, and normally your, your argument or your, or what you put out there is just, it's, it's one of many, right? It's not, you're, you're, you're just, you know, you have a, you have a platform, so you're able to say it, but I, it's not like I haven't heard it a million times. It's almost like when someone says, uh, you know, when, when black people, when, when they're black people, all of a sudden they want to, want to turn conservative or, you know, jump on a Trump bandwagon. It's like, yeah, I heard this stuff a million times, but you're not either. You just not seeing it the way, the way it is, or you just, you know, it's just, it's just different. Okay, I, I understand. So, so let, yeah. let's, um, for the sake of clarity, what is it specifically that I said about African monarchs that you disagree with? How did I frame it, and what was the meat of your disagreement with what I said? Okay, so I think we, I think it was, it was about. Well, this this all started when you know the movie um, came out. Uh, I, Woman King. What? One the Woman King. Uh, yeah, I'm Woman King. Uh, the Woman King came out, and and, I, and he said, "Well, you know, I'm not going to glorify those things." And I think there was another comment made, probably around the same time. He said, "Hey, and oh, maybe before that, prior to that, hey, I think we need to have movies. Uh, you know, I think we need to support these movies in order to have the other movies that we would like to have about about uh, African monarchs or people in history pr- prior to." The American, the the American enslaved, you know, enslaved people history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's been the gripe of among a lot of people. Yeah, like, so, I don't want to watch so another let slave me, movie. Let me narrow it right? down. So, or so it sounds like you said to me, um, the disagreement was over whether or not we should support the woman king. Am I correct? Or right. Okay. That, yeah, that was one of the disagreements. Yeah, one of the disagreements. Now, you, but your, yeah. your take was that even if I don't agree with the film, that we should support these films because then that will get other films we may want to see greenlighted. Is that correct? Exactly. Right. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly correct, and I, and I think it's you know everything is dependent on how these movies are received, how they get greenlit. You know, I mean, I think all the, the actors involved, Viola Davis, one of the producers involved with that movie, said, hey, look, this is how we get these done. I've been trying to get this movie done for a very, very long time, and it wasn't until the success of the Black Panther movies, mm-hmm. then we started to get, you know, these these movies these movies made yeah. that through, we wanted through, to tell. Through, now, right? I, I, have, and I, and I, I, I take no issue with, with Black Panther, um, I support that even though it's a Marvel product and others do take issue with that's the creation of two white men, um, that particular story and that character and what have you. But I, I acknowledge that what they said is true, but at the same time, I can weigh the benefits of a positive moral, e- even though, though we can get deep off into especially that last one. Black Panther 2, where the storyline is two historically oppressed people oppressed by Europeans and Americans fighting each other and, and what have you. But we, we're not going to get deep off into that. But it, my core principle is I don't support lies. I, I don't support lies. And, and 
this this movie was told from the perspective of Europeans and and Americans. This was an American white woman who wrote that script. And these white people for, um, I think, maybe uh, over 100 years now have glorified them in comparing them to the Greek myth of the Amazon. So in, in a way, this is white people fetishizing these women and, and, and then not giving us the full history, you know, and, and I understand you can't include everything in a two hour movie. I don't know how long that movie was. I think Black Panther's like three hours, but still you, what you can tell is confined, right? Um, I also know that they had a historian to give it some legitimacy to check their script or whatever. And this was a person from Benin, the, uh, uh, the former, you know, kingdom of the homie, uh, mass, mass participant in the transatlantic slave trade. Um, or I like to call it the human trafficking trade, uh, cause these people were victims and slave is such a dehumanizing term, but, but, right. and, 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 and so, that was not included like a friend of mine, a, a friend. I ain't going to mention his name, but I would call him even a brother. We call each other brother at one time. Fell out with me over this film because I was speaking out against glorifying these people and that us not right. having enough information. And I always had did my research, but I was kind of ahead of the game as my, as you know, how mm-hmm. Facebook could show you your memories. Memories start popping up right. three years before that film came out, uh, four, right. five years, because that's when I had came across information about the homie and started searching it out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I then found out about Zora Neale Hurston's book, Barracoon, about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, right. you know, this Hollywood film ain't. It is is basically trying to follow the formula of the Black Panther focused on warrior characters and what have you just to make some box office cash and they following the formula. And, and they mention that. Well I, I I okay. So um so the the, the producer, um, which is Viola Davis. Viola Davis wanted to wanted to do this movie. Um Okay. And he says, Well yeah, I I I I know about this and I like I think you've I think you point out in your on your Facebook post uh about um Lupita Lingo. She you know, decided she decided against this after she traveled and found out the history. But I, but when we, yeah, when we talk about this particular movie mm-hmm. when we talk about this particular film, um, you know, it, it's 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 set at a it's set at a certain precipice in time, right? Because you know, you can look at, and I, and I, I, I'm, I it was wasn't that long ago. Earlier so, today. so let's, let's just establish that we ain't talking ancient history. Right. We're talking at most. No, we're talking about literally generation. 1850, slavery was abolished in Dahomey in the 1880s. They were still selling victims of slavery, which that's mentioned in, in Hurston's book, Barracoon. You know, these two white men in the South bet each other that, oh, although the U.S. government outlawed 
you know, the international slave trade, uh, we gonna take this schooner and we gonna sail to the homie and come back with some cargo of, of these humans, you know, and they did it. And 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 those no, were, no, they were, no, they were late. They were they were they were, they were late. And a lot of other and and you know there was there's so a lot of other countries that were that were late as well. Stop did not stop. They were basically colonized beginning in the 1880s. Right. Uh, and uh, along with other, uh, along with other kingdoms, you know, we got the, we got the Mandinka, we have the, the Oye, we have the, the, um, the, the Congo, we have, we have other areas in the West, but their portion, their, the introduction of, uh, of of uh, transatlantic slavery, um, basically made them uh, new to that particular uh, that particular game. Man, you know, and if you go to, to Africa, we, we're talking. What, what do you mean? I'm sorry. What I, the, the homies? You, you, you saying that it was the? Well, yeah, you, well no, I mean because okay, we we have we have slave we have a version of slavery, right? That's as old as time, right? So we have a version of slavery and in, in, in every culture, can, uh, you know, That's participated in it. That's you know, true. we have the Romans, the Egyptians, the, the Chinese, the, the Russians, the, you know, the, the, in, in beginning with the Portuguese Asian, and the British and South, all, South all that. America. So we have a lot, we have a lot of that all over the place. But, but what, what separates, but I think there should be a separation between, um, between, uh, uh, pre-transatlantic slavery mm-hmm. and you know and then the, the slavery that existed before that before that time once the portuguese got involved in it and he got involved in plantation and, and transatlantic slavery you know getting all those africans to come to the to the west and I mean, meaning the americas the uh the the, the the americas which is north america south america and the caribbean okay so, so there has to be some there has to be some some separation in 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 I, 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 I don't. Well, number one, slavery is slavery. The um, the um, what is it? The Charter on Human Rights, the United Nations Charter on Human Rights. I might be mispronouncing that, um, but I've read it several times, and it got me to acknowledge that there are different forms of slavery. You know, um, I didn't want people comparing. Pri- I wanted to make a distinction between prison slavery and chattel slavery when we were on plantations in this country. And, but really there's no difference. Mm-hmm. I have to acknowledge that there are several forms of slavery. There's sex-based slavery. There's, you know, there's all, there's different types of slavery. So slavery is slavery. Right. Um, slavery boils down to. And this is Well, in Well, let me finish, Eric. Um, you mentioned okay, indentured servitude. Well, those were um, contracts that these people agreed to, or they were sentenced by the court as part of a prison sentence to be sent out to these penal colonies, usually the United States, Australia, and so on and, and, and so forth. Um, but indentured mm-hmm. servitude is different from slavery. I was just talking to a friend the other day that we didn't get people born in a chattel slavery where you're born as, as property until, and a lot of people don't know this, Barack Obama's ancestor 
who was an indigenous servant, servant, an African indigenous servant, along with two European indigenous servants. All three of them ran away. All three of them got caught. Um, they were sentenced by the court. Um, the two white ones, and this was in Virginia. Uh, the two white ones mm-hmm. was was I think given lashes, You're about Jones, right? Given lashes. Um, uh, they were given some kind of punishment, and, but. They were allowed to just finish out their contract or however long they was to be indentured servants. That man, I forget his name right now, but he's Barack Obama. I think it's Jones, and I think it's it's not Jones. Jones. And I think it's not it's not Jones. I know it's not Jones, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. He was sentenced to slavery for life, and that was the first person, first time you had the introduction of chattel slavery in this country was through that mm-hmm. Virginia colony through the course, which is how people go into modern slavery today. It's through the courts right. and, and what have you. Right. So it really, it really hasn't right. changed, but getting back to Africa, you know, people, I used to glorify Mansa Musa. I remember seeing him on the Budweiser, you know, mirrors, painted <laughs> mirrors in the bar and stuff like that. Oh, the uh, right, man. And you talking about it in school? Yeah, no, cool. in yeah. bars, in bars. Budweiser oh, yeah, we, had a yeah. whole ad series where they was targeting black people with their beer. And they, you know, in these bars, black bars, you would see the Mass kings Rosa. and queens Hannibal. of Africa. And, yeah, Queen Hannibal Jesus, was yeah. one. But Massa Musa was the other described as the richest person on earth. People I then met later, you know, in podcasting. Right. He chose Massa Musa. Met- as his symbol because his show was in part about prosperity and wealth. So so I didn't know much about Mansa Musa other than those. A Budweiser advertisement and this guy's right. image. So I researched Mansa Musa. Yeah, Massa Massa Musa yeah, Massa Musa, richest richest person to what, ever was walk a Muslim. <laughs> was uh, a Muslim. Uh, uh, and also, what, what was was interesting, you know, because anything after seven hundred, you know, you pretty much get any any type of any type of religious background. Uh, he, um, but he that came from my question. Area. That's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you because my, my question was: Did you hear me? I said I brought him up because he was a slaver, and nobody likes to talk. Right? About no, no, no. No, I don't. I, first of all, I have no, I have no, I have no issues with, I have no issues with talking about the the, the facts or the truth. But you know, there's a, there, you know, we don't, we we glorify flavors every single day. You know, that's that's yeah, something what we, we do every and single we day. We need to stop. You know, I mean, you know, there's 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 there's, you know, the you know, if you you all you gotta do is dig into your pocket, pull out a pull out of any American bill, and every last one of them was flavors. Yeah. Except for, I think maybe for, except for one. I think it was, I think it was one out of, out of everybody on it, on there, including Hamilton, Hamilton, and Jackson, yeah, Washington, except for Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln's the only one. Well, he, right. he was a slaver too. Uh, he was a racist and he allowed them to keep practicing slavery through the 13th Amendment. Slavery's so, I mean, never right, abolished. Right, exactly. So, so, so every, everybody, everybody has their, everybody has a different, you know, we, like I said, we look at it from a historical, Sense, and we look at it from the year 2020, real 2020. I mean, uh, the year 2020s, and we see it totally different than how they would have seen it back then. However, uh, like I said, I want I wanted to the reason one of the reason why I want to reach out to you is because where would this world be without the institution 
of the, uh, uh, without the slavery institution. And we talk of Master Musa. Master Musa owned, he owned three gold mines. That, those gold mines had to be worked. Right. The, the gold mine, the, the, the diamond mine, the diamond mines in, 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 in Namibia, they, they, I, you know, they might have employed those people. They, they, well, those are essentially slaves. <laughs> and, and they, and they took every last, they took every last diamond they could out of Namibia. So, so, I mean, that's recently. That was, that was only a hundred years ago. It wasn't that far. That wasn't that long ago. So we're talking about where, where will we be with, where will we be as a, as a, as a entire world? Without the institution of slavery, with the with these great artifacts well, be built. Well, that's a that's you know a, I mean, I, that's, I a, it, that's a deep question, Eric. That's a deep question. Ain't it though? But it's no way that anybody can answer that. Right, you can't answer. You can't answer. That. I mean, but like I said, I mean, no, you you can say, well, damn, you know, do do I, I did I really? I, it's like. You know, I and I think like, we, see, we hear, we, we learned about the, we learned, we, we learned, we learned through history, which I don't think is true. I, I totally don't think it's true. But this, this, we, we have this biblical story about, uh, about the, uh, pyramids being built by, 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 um, by slaves. Right. There's by no, slaves. no evidence I of that. Do not, I do not think, it, I do not think that is true. It's not and the true. Reason why, it's but, not true. It, it's not a matter of you think. Or, or, right. right. No, no, I'm saying, I mean, but we were told this. This is what we were told through, yeah. you know, through. Hey, let Bible me, let me, let me flip the script on you history. for a minute. That question you asked me was deep. You said, where will we be without the institution of slavery? Then you bring up this fictional Bible story, and the Bible does contain allegories, fictional stories, and, right. and, and whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you can say that about every religion man has ever created is based on stories and allegories and stuff like that. Right. But you mentioned, right, though, right, right. they put this story about these slaves built the pyramid in there. Well, guess what? If that wasn't in the Bible, in, in that King James Version Bible, then who, mm-hmm. where would Harriet Tubman get her inspiration from? Where did she wouldn't have become, would she have still become the Black Moses? Wouldn't it, would Nat Turner would have had his rebellion? You, you see where I'm saying? You, you see where I'm getting at? So some of these questions uh, we really right. can't so, answer. So, so that, so that, so that goes, to, that goes to, that goes to the inspiration of a lie. <laughs> the, the inspir- what a lie can bring, the lie can inspire the, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you know, we, I'm a, I'm in the boxing. I'm in the, I'm in the business of boxing or whatever. And you've seen these situations where your guy is getting, the guy that you're rooting for is getting beat the, you know, uh, the crap, beat, you know, and he's like, and you hear the corner man, yeah, you got him. You're winning this fight. You know what I mean? And trying to motivate them to, to, to keep going. Right. So some of these, some of these stories, these allegorical stories, these, uh, these fables, ins- you know, inspires people to do, to, 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 to do the Amistad story. When we saw the movie Amistad, Amistad was reading, you know, and, and there's a scene where that's the Bible. Yeah, I kind of get him. Like he was a slave and, you know, I mean, I kind of get where that situation is yeah, yeah, going yeah. and that inspired them to attack. Well, so, so, but, but I, but I say that, I, I say that, I say that in the sense that, well, maybe these people, these employees, these craftsmen who built the pyramids, right, mm-hmm. were, um, quote unquote slaves, right? They were employees. So I'm trying to figure out, and that's been, you know, that's the challenge, right, to your audience and, you know, and, and to me is like, can we figure out, does the word, does, does the word employee 
is the word employee synonymous with slave slavery right is is, is well, that well i would the, say the, today the, the, it the, is again this goes back to what i mentioned earlier about the u.n declaration of human rights recognizing there are different forms of slavery because at one time right. you know and this is about me being willing to change my mind when i get new information that's factual and it it disputes something uh i believe before but but um i used to believe okay if you in prison you getting paid even if you getting paid a dollar an hour that's not really slavery you know what i'm saying but then as i continue uh -huh. to even research the institution of slavery in the United States, I discovered that some of these victims of slavery were being paid, even if it was just pennies by, you know, and, and there was one woman who was a dressmaker and, and, and she was a, a victim of slavery, but the guy who employed her, the, the slaver paid her a little something every time she made a dress or whenever he sold one, she saved up her money and bought her freedom. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, right. okay, she was getting a wage. She was a quote unquote employee, but at the same time, she was. So I, I now recognize wage slavery as a form of slavery. And, and, and being a person who has worked out here in various, you know, jobs in the corporate industry, in the construction industry, you know, manual labor industry, just all kind of different jobs and, and then just observing how people out here struggling and getting paid basically slave wages. No benefits working. Oh no, no. I mean you know? every every I'm a, I uh, almost everybody in the South. <laughs> like I'm serious. Like they you know, I get paid like you get paid in the North. But, with, but, with collective bargaining. but listen, I do got I do got to keep a schedule. Um, I, I want to take a yep. short break. I want to get a call out. The call in number for those who are listening and might want to chime in. You can also post a question or comment in the YouTube chat. The number is 717-908-1834. That's 717-908-1834. And the code is 269 626 269 626 and i do believe you got to hit star one you'll get the instructions um to raise your hand listen you're listening to black talk radio news with scotty reed as i broadcast from behind these enemy lines and although i recognize black history 365 days a year um being a person who likes to read and and particularly the any subject dealing with the history of people anywhere in the world you know um it is good that during this time that some people will be focused on um black history all right and and, and so in recognition to help you commemorate um uh, black history uh those who follow me know i'm an artist i'm a digital artist uh nft artist and so I've released like four images from my African children series, just four of them. The other ones are not for sale and the proceeds will benefit the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project, which I'm the president of, um, which is also uh, the manager of Black Talk Radio Network and, and many other pro media projects we got going on. Shout out um, to Purcell and bonita up there in richmond virginia with rva soul check them out rvasoul.com um you can also hear their podcast three sisters three guys talking smack 
listening to music right here on uh, this digital uh, stream of Black Talk Radio Network. So, you know, all this costs money. Um, so if you can make a donation of at least $25 or, or more, you can get one of those images as a gift or get three of them for 75 and get the fourth one free. Again, all proceeds benefit the nonprofit digital media organization, Black Talk Media Project. We'll be right back on the other side. Let's go. Let's go. What is your scan of Martine is taking me to meet her mother, Lali, in her hometown of Ouida on the Atlantic coast. She's told me her family has its own history with the female fighters. Lali has lived here all her life. I've spent so much time with Martine, but I'm totally unprepared for what I'm about to learn. What is the story of your family? I can tell you my family history. My grandmother was from Nigeria. One morning, the warrior women, the Agoji, came to her village and took a lot of people. These women were very strong. When they scream at you, you have to follow them immediately. And when they get angry at you, they just kill you. Grandmother was going to fetch water when the Agoji took her. How old was your grandmother when she was taken? She was a teenager. She went with many people to fetch water. She wasn't the only one they took. They took the whole group and brought them here. Lali's Yoruba grandmother, Yaga, was abducted in Nigeria by the Agojie warriors and trafficked to the Dahomey Kingdom. Yaga never saw her family again. The Agoji brought the girls to a bowman and sold them to different people. Yaga was sold to a Portuguese trader, Lima, Lali's grandfather. man called Lima bought her. She, he was buying a lot of uh, slaves, but she said... This lady is beautiful. I'm going to keep her for myself. 
Songs like Lali's are witness to the pain and loss and to the impact of the Agoji on this region. I want to ask you. We've been going around praising all the Agoji left, right and center, singing their praises invoking their spirits and yet your history your people are victims to something they did how can you reconcile that in your head you know it's hard to understand but what else can we do you have to forgive otherwise you know to keep that anger in you it will make you sick and it doesn't help to survive. How can you admire them? I admire them because I can see that they're brave women. They didn't mean to be uh, such a savage. Forgive me if I use the savage. You, you know, <laughs> they, they were not born actually to be like that. They were trained to be. Now I can see that uh, they were not even themselves when they're acting. So, I cannot hate them, blame them. No. It's not the photo of the Aguji. All right, that That's was that was a, a clip. That was a clip from the documentary called Warrior Women with Lapita Nyango. Now, Eric mentioned um the movie The Woman King, which is, you know, where he said that he disagreed with um my take on the film and not wanting to support it. Um, as I stated, I don't support lies, especially those written by white people, which white people did write that and, and what have you. And then it was a lot of historical inaccuracies in terms of the time period is what I read from other, other people. But that clip right there, and it, it, I recommend that film. It's, it's been out a couple of years. It was made in 2019 and it's so much in that and you know when warrior women came out i had already knew how vicious and savage these people were to other africans they african neighbors and this isn't to say anything different about them because monarchs in england and all those other countries 
You can read about the wars and the savagery and the slavery and the different forms of servitude that they inflicted on other Europeans. You can look up like the Aztec history, the Mayan history, wherever you had great civilizations, what did they do? They preyed on the weaker surrounding nations of people, tribes, you know, because all nation mean is a group of people with a similar language, similar customs, all this and similar religion and, and all of that. But you look at their history. Well, I also what you'll learn from this documentary is that they still got a so-called king and I bow to no men or women, you know, and I was like embarrassed for Lapita when they took her into the compound, the royal compound. And again, this man has no power anymore. They have, a, a, I think, a republic now, uh, um, you know, elections and stuff like that. But they keeping them around for tradition, tourist attraction. And she goes in there and you have to bow and scrape on the ground and be all F that. I be damned. And then he's sitting on the throne of skulls. You know where those skulls come from? Them skulls come from the victims of their voodoo uh, Vudan, or however you pronounce it, religion, or uh, human sacrifices. Zora, the, the African-American anthropologist, historian, and writer, wrote about this in her book, Barracoon. And they sacrificed these people as human sacrifices to their, to their voodoo gods. And then took the skulls of some of their victims. Look, Peter talked about it in that film, and how she was lied to about what these women represented, who who was lying about them? The white people. The white people in Hollywood. All right. Oh, yeah, let's get her. She was in Black Panther. That was a blockbuster. Let's get, but you guess what? Some people, though, when they find out the truth of things, they, they have these principles that will not allow them to partake in lies, let alone help propagate them. And I, she'll forever have my respect for that. She's still a flawed human being. She's doing commercials for the beers now. Somebody need to educate her on the beers history of colonization in Africa and using slaves and what, what have you. But what struck me about that clip, and then I'm going to bring Eric back on, is, is that woman telling her story. She said her grandmother, again, this is in 2019. She said her grandmother. That's just two generations removed from slavery in Africa. Again, the homie didn't end the slave slavery in their nation until the 1880s. And then what made them stop was white people made them stop. That's the facts. The British went over there and said, we, 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 we patrolling the seven seas, no more slave ships and all of that. And, and you're going to have to stop. And King Gezo it's documented as saying, well, what will, what will the homie and babies sing? I mean, mothers sing to their babies. That's our culture is to dominate our enemies and make them our slaves. That's what they sing to their babies. That's the type of culture you were talking about. Oh, we're talking about. This is history that ain't taught along with a lot of other history that ain't taught. And it is part of black history because guess what? Those were our ancestors, those who are descendants of the victims of slavery. Those are our ancestors. 
Those are our relatives that were sacrificed at the stake. And, and, and so that's just evil. And then, you know, her ability to forgive. And I was able to feel sorry for the women warriors. You know why? Because they was living in a patriarchal society under a king. And they were slaves too. They, they would go around the village to village, grabbing these young girls, teenagers, and then send them to this train. And if they resisted, they killed them. The training might kill them. And then they were used to go out and attack villages and, and kill people. They were made into these things. And that's what she was saying. They weren't born like that. They were snatched from their homes, forced by a king to undergo this training and go out here and commit all these atrocities. Kill those who resisted. Bring This is all in Zora Neale Hurston's book where... Cujo Lewis, who came over on the Clotilda, at, 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 who was bought at a barracoon in Dahomey in the 1880s, he talked about when they raided his village, man, they killed old people, chop them in the neck with, with a sword or machete, whatever, and then twist their head till their head just pop off, the, the spine just break and just rip it off. Those women were forced to be like that. All them warriors were forced to be like that. If they were women. So they were victims too. They were victims too. And this is why I take issue. No, me discovering this real history is why I took an issue with a white woman writing a script to make some money, trying to mythalize these uh, Goji warriors and then they ain't even have a woman king. That was a man. So like other people had said, that was some feminist trash with a feminist agenda. That wasn't based on, on the truth. It, it just wasn't. And so I condemn slavery wherever it may exist, whoever may be a part of it. So that's why I wasn't for that film, Eric, I got to tell you. So I, I'm going to let you have the mic because I, I spoke for quite a while. So that that's where I stand, bro, on it. I think that's a, a fair assessment uh, or, or a fair position to have, right? Um, I was I was talking to I was talking to an aunt of mine, and she was like, "Well, yeah, what what, what Hollywood tries to do is try to put uh, pit uh, two opposing thoughts together to, to justify a portion of something, but." Once again, it's about it's about a historical um uh uh let's put it in, in historical context, right? The whole you know, how does a how does a nation how does a nation grow or how does a nation uh uh build uh in, in that way and I ask you that like where where would a where would a nation be without uh some type of 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 forced employment, you know, so the forced employment do we just sit around, you know, do we build the nation and have to feed a nation and the community off of, off of somebody's will? Because, yeah. because we've seen this before, right? We've seen this with, when, um, when Castro took over, uh, Cuba, right? You have, seen you know, in Cuba. hey, what you're gonna, we when Castro, we, we've seen how Castro, when Castro took over Cuba and, and, and said, hey, you, you guys are just gonna, uh, 
build crops or, or grow crops in the, and then we're going to feed the nation. And people were, were very resistant to it. Matter of fact, it didn't work. Well, you, right? that, well that uh, I, I can tell you, didn't work. I can tell you as one and shout out to our listeners in Cuba, because uh, we do have listeners in Cuba. They have reached out to me uh, in, in the right. past to let me know how they support the station. Um, but a lot of what we get taught right. about the Castro's, um, when you're talking about the people who were against it, that was those people that's them racist Cubans that's in Miami, them white identified uh, racist <laughs> right. Cubans exactly. yeah. in Miami. Um, because what actually sparked the revolution in 1959 was not only the, the brutal policies, the brutal dictatorship of Batista, but Batista. also how American corporations were allowed to do what they have done to every other non-white nation on the face of the planet in terms of exploiting the labor and exploiting the resources. And, but they tried to implement Jim Crow segregation into cuba and the people the majority of the people wasn't gonna go for that and thus the revolution of 1959 and then after that cuba ain't have no no choice whatsoever to grow in any kind of sector because of the embargo which still exists to this day these embargoes on cuba but despite these embargoes Cuba has a vaccine to prevent lung cancer. I just read that they now have a, a, a vaccine that cures diabetes. And yet these things are not allowed in, in the United States because guess what? Then that will undermine the profits of big, big farmer right. and, and, and what have you. Exactly. So, so I, you know, so yeah, I, I, don't, hear, I don't disagree, I I don't disagree with saying. that. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you know, do you get a community to support, right? To, to support the kingdom as a whole, right? Do you do, or if you're growing the community, if you're growing the community, where do you get these, where, where, where do you get your, uh, uh, your working citizens, uh, to support the, the kingdom, right? You have to feed the entire kingdom, not just the, not just the king, but the entire kingdom, right? So, uh, you know, and I, and, and this is prevalent. This would probably be prevalent among the Mandinkas, among the, among the the uh, Yorubas, among the you know, she talked about Yorubas. Like these are not. Yeah, she you was know, a victim. No, her we, grandmother was in. We, yeah, we're not. We're we're not. We're not. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. Uh, you know, the, as as much as we would like to believe of the African diaspora being a one a, a united group. Know you know, here you got the, the Sudanese, North and South, they're not going to be united because these tribes are different. Their cultures are a little, are, are slightly different. They're not that much different, but slightly different. But the, the, the savagery, the introduction of the savagery or whatnot, that, that, you know, I think we, you know, yeah, I know you saw the movie as I saw the movie the, when, when, um, we talked about Shaka Zulu, the Shaka Zulu movie. Right. He's like, yeah, hey, y'all, we don't even fight like savages. We, we kind of dance around here, but these, these people coming in here, they coming in hot. You know what I mean? So you, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know. I, I, I don't think Shaka and, though, Eric, learned his savagery like, like running poles up people anuses to come out the, you know, top of their back and stringing people up on poles and stuff like that. He didn't learn that from, from the British. 
Okay, he did not learn the British had rifles. They was going to shoot you or hit you with cannon fire. That we're, we're talking about savagery is when you run in poles up people's ass and then, mm-hmm. you know, leave them in right. there for days. And I blame that. I blame that on on his his uh childhood him and his mother were severely mistreated and abused and so when mm-hmm. he came into power you know he basically was was uh, a monster shaped by his life experiences you know so uh, so mm-hmm. so people have been savage to one another all over all over the planet you know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't think they needed white people to teach them any kind of particular savagery. Men have, have been very inventive in coming up with ways to, to kill each other. And and so but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Oh no. central point and, 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 listen, and, and, you your know, central and, point is and your central point right. is where will we be without slavery? If that institution didn't exist, you got look, man, that's not a world I want to live in. And that's one I fight against because it's still happening to this day. Right. Slavery's right. never been abolished. Yeah. And it, I don't it's, think- it's one of those. And I, and I, and I, and I, I hate to be the one that voiced that. Right. Like, like, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know the Geng- the the Genghis Khan dynasty, the the Khan dynasty. Yeah, the, I know about the uh, you know these di- these these dynasties are are built. These dynasties are built off of the uh, off of off of prisoners of war, and and they're they're just built that way. And, and we gotta look. We look at it from. We look at it from. Well, you know, it, it's it as as a. So as, I mean, by that token, then Eric, and you correct me if I'm wrong, then then. It sound like it's bro. I'm sorry. I just got to put it out there. It sound like you you excusing slavery, cause you can't excuse yeah, and right. say where would these nations be? These African nations be without this? Where would Genghis Khan, you know, without all this conquering other people and mistreating other people, slaughtering them, turning them into slaves? Where where so then we? Yeah, let me be clear. I do not justify. I do not justify any type of any type of. Of, of, of slavery, uh, but like I said, we have to identify and we have to try to figure out or identify. Uh, is there is there a is there a comparable word right example example I gave with with the with the uh, with the uh, Egyptian dynasties? Is there a comparable word to slavery? Is is employ is employee comparable to slavery? Is is uh is forced labor comparable to slavery? How do you do this without cooperation? You don't do this. This doesn't be completed without cooperation. You don't build a, a kingdom without without some type of sort of cooperation. You don't build those that those larger groups without cooperation. And and and, and it might have been an accepted just on just an accepted part of the society. This just might be an hey I'm hey I'm, yeah I'm I'm so and so's you know that's my master I I work for him. Boom boom boom. No, right. bro, you blowing. I'm you not blowing saying that. I'm mind. not. Say- I can't even wrap my 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 mind around these concepts, bro, because I could never live like right. that. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, see, you 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 live you live you live under the American system. It's a, it's it's a an American nuanced system that that other people like. You see the you saw how the British tripped out about the Queen dying. Like that, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing 
ever. Yeah, but, right? I, but I, I just don't see how we don't have that concept. This. We don't understand that concept. I don't understand how we're connecting this, though, to me um, decrying uh, propaganda, ahistorical. It's not even factual. Ahistorical propaganda about an African kingdom from the perspective of white people. I, I don't, but okay, uh, people people are scriptwriters. I don't know if that. I mean, you, you, we don't know. I, I don't know about that. Like I, I, I haven't really. I mean, I read what she said. Into that know, as much she, as I like to. She she was trying but, to write a storyline about these powerful women. Uh, in the mode of the Black Panther Party, we're going to have them with spears and, you know, in these incredible fight scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or who the, or who this, or, or who the, or who the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the warriors, the, the, uh, the, um, the warriors of, uh, 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 in the Black Panther, in the movie The Black Panther. Um, were based on, they were based on these Amazon, these Amazonian women. They actually, they felt, weren't. Who, they who weren't. These people they weren't. They were not. And the director, I mean, the, the people who created, the white men who created it, um, did not uh, base it on the kingdom of the homie and the Goji warriors. That was a lie. And well, well, was, Wonder Woman, was, was Wonder Woman based off of those people? No, Wonder Woman was based off of the Greek myth. The white Greek myth and fable about the Amazons. The Amazons, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and, and those and this and this world group that that these that these uh that these uh Portuguese ran into and got whooped on or got whooped by they 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 did beat them at one point they did beat white people at one point I wouldn't necessarily or, or the, say the invaders at one point people. they they won battles here and there um but... won battles yeah won won battles with the Europeans so it's not like they didn't fight it in the, in the movie. Actually, you underline a point I make to people. When people try to say that white people just ran up into Africa and were just kidnapping these people all on their own, well, you're actually, to the people who have that view, you're actually portraying Africa as being defenseless when they absolutely did hold off, you know, superior armies for a number of times. They won battles and what have you, and it was way more of them than it was these European troops. But at the end, the guns and the steel won out. You know, then you got colonized. Right. And, I think- and, and, then, and, then the, and then the fact, and then when you go into the 1800s, so when you start going into the 1800s, when you do have the introductory of, of when you do have the introduction of, of, of weaponry, these are some of the things that these, you know, that you hear the stories of people getting traded for people getting traded for umbrellas people getting traded for you know Cotton, human beings sugar, getting traded into slavery all, all kind of stuff but um you know right. i'm an abolitionist that's how i describe myself i'm always going to be opposed to slavery and i'm going to oppose the whitewashing of slave slaver history and and so it, it, it's mm. all about the truth you know people don't have to accept the truth you know but it still remains and, you know, that's just me, man. <laughs> I know the power of media. Malcolm X said the media is the most powerful entity on the face of the planet. It controls the minds of the masses. Make the innocent look guilty and make the guilty look innocent. And that's power. And and, and he ain't never lied when he said that. So I'd be damned if we got right. descendants of the victims of some of these Dahomians or whatnot. But yet we're going to identify with them and look into them as our heroes we got our own heroes right here. You know what I'm saying? 
we freed ourselves in the belly of the beast. Yeah, we did have some help, but at the end of the day, it was up to us to seize our. Nobody came to right, well, like, we, we, you know, as African we, 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 you know, we had help. We had help through. We, we had help in a lot of ways. At the end of the day, we 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 survived it. That's why I never had, had an issue with you know roots or anything like that because we survived these. We 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 survived everything that was put. We survived against the, the odds. We we lost hundreds of we millions to the middle class. Not not, not we rebelled. We, but no it's time. always a survive. It's always a survival story. Yeah, and but at the right. same time, and, they, and, and, they and, and if you do your, and then once you do your, once you do your, once you do your DNA test, your ancestry or whatnot, and then look into your genealogy, genealogy, then you'll see. Oh yeah, there was there was some <laughs> there was a you know our bloodlines say oh not only was not only were we the victims of slavery, we're also the, the we're also the the uh in survivors were also the descendants of slave masters as well in a lot of cases i'm not to say every case but a lot of cases including my my own matter of fact i just found out that well, and, the, and the, i denounce the, any of them the, that's the, uh, in my lineage i denounce yeah. what they did yeah. and what they represented yeah, and i, I do too. problem with the, that. the the general the general 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 mcmike oh no sorry general uh tolliver tollifero uh you know, in South Carolina, who who controlled the and controlled the fort in South Carolina, that's a that's a direct descendant of mine. So it's like it's like I hate the fact that that is the case, but it is the case. Right. But I can't sit there and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. It is what it is. Yeah, it is. You know what, what I mean? Um, but listen, I do yeah, got to run though, Eric. It was good uh, having this conversation with you, man, for about an hour. Um, but hey. Anybody out there, you know what I'm saying? I don't just look for quote-unquote celebrities or famous people. I'm interested. This is people's radio. I built this station for the people. And when regular people, you know, want to come on and have a conversation, that's what this was built for. So I want to thank you for reaching out, Eric, and um, maybe have you back sometime in the future. But I want to go ahead and end this segment and say good night to you. You got any final thoughts? Yeah, quick thanks. First of all, I, I appreciate you having the conversation with me, Scotty. I'm and and you know, like I said, I, I I mean no I mean no harm, but I look at it. I I, I kind of look at it like at the end of the day, we we have to go through the muck to get through to to get to what we really want to see and really want to hear. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. We just it's just where we're at at the time. We're, what they say, uh, the the until the until the uh, until the lions have historians. We just gonna always hear the, you know, we we're gonna the, we're gonna hear history through the point of view of the well, hunter. Well, before you go, uh, before you go, I interviewed his brother. He used to be a Black Panther here in the states. He went to Rice University. He like was a so-called um, barrier breaker in the area of swimming. Um, I think he made it to the Olympics or the Olympic trials or something like that. But he he was a historian by training. And he lives in Africa now, and he does a lot of research in Africa. And, you know, I asked him, I brought him on to talk about Mansa Musa, you know, in the slavery aspect. And like you mentioned, who was digging the gold out the ground, who was getting all these precious metals and what have you. But he talked about, though, that most of African history isn't told by the victims still in Africa. That woman we heard in that clip, who grandmother was a was was a, a slave of this Portuguese man who bought them from the kings and or whatever uh, of the homie, 
See, we don't hear they they stories are oral, and that's the problem with not just Africa, some African nations, but this is uh, true among a lot of indigenous cultures. They have no written record. No, it's, it's, it's all it's, oral right, and passed it's, down, it's, and, and you can lose a lot that way. Luke one, Luke one, Luke one, verse one talks about how they wouldn't even, you know, we're just now writing it down. Like all of this stuff before us, how we learn of it is, is because it's been oral. It's, it's oral history. That's why we, that's, that's when they started, wrote, they wrote it down. Yeah, but I'll hey, never forget you know, him we, we, we never seen him, we never seen none of that, but we gonna write it down now. Yeah. But all right, Eric, man, you have a good night, man. Peace and blessings to you. All right. All right, brother. Peace out. All right. Um, so I did say I want to talk a little bit about Al Sharpton and, and this Tyree Nichols case, you know, on, um, I'm not sure if it was a black talk radio. Yeah, it was last Friday. Uh, cause I'm gonna try to come on air every Friday night at eight o'clock on um, PM Eastern. But I talked about the solutions to police violence. I, I talked about the need to raise the age. Y'all hear any talking heads on TV talking about, Hey, to be president, I think you got to be at least 28 years old. Maybe it's 32, but you got to be a certain age to become a congressperson. All right. You can't be 21 years old. You can't be 18 just out of high school with nothing but a diploma or GED. No, you, you can't do that. There's a reason that the Constitution says that to occupy certain positions in government, you have to be of a certain age. And as I mentioned in that last broadcast, it's a scientific, biological fact that our brains don't stop developing until we reach around 26 years old. So if your brain hasn't even stopped developing and, and all those neurons and and um, have not made these pathways and these connections, then guess what? You're probably not going to have the best judgment right? Let alone your real world experience. So you're not going to have good judgment. You're not going to be emotionally mature. And it's not your fault. It's just a fact of biology. But guess what? You shouldn't be no cop. You shouldn't be given the authority of the state or the city or the county or whatever municipality and given a badge and a gun and, and literally have the power of life and death. Yeah, y'all, that's what we're giving that kind of authority to 18-year-old high school graduates or those with GEDs. Now, from department to department, some departments uh, um, may require at least associate's degree. I know Durham, North Carolina used to be one of those, but they couldn't recruit enough people. So guess what? They dropped that requirement. Now all you got to have is a high school diploma. See, we scraping the bottom of the barrel and we allowing these people to become cops. So whatever ingredients you put into something, guess what? That's what you're going to get out of it. It's quite simple. We ain't got to, we ain't got to go into gymnastic, mental gymnastics and be talking about, um, um, this goes, this, this is white supremacy or this is connected to slavery, even though it is. Even though it is, but why do every time one of these events happen, we go into rinse and repeat of these talking points? It's white supremacy. Like, like we gonna convince white supremacists that to admit that this was racist. What's the point, man? That's a waste of time. 
they'll never admit it. So why 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 is it important to you that they admit it? It should be more important to implementing solutions. And so I, you know, Mr. Fuller talked about that, and I made a Facebook post. If I learned anything or picked up anything of value from him, and it's been a number of things, and there's some other things I don't agree with. You know, like Eric don't agree with me on, on whatever. We ain't got to be in agreement with each other. We just had to be agreeable when we speak to each other, meaning, you know, being polite to each other. That's all it requires. All right. But you can learn something from any anyone. And and But the thing that stands out to me the most is his suggestion that when you win the town hall, because I'm part, I, you know, I've always been politically engaged. I shouldn't say always but since 1998 is when i registered first registered to vote i believe it was 1998 but anyway going to town hall meetings where you had these u.s congressmen where you had these county officials and stuff and then later on it became part of my media project i gotta you know go to these things to report on them tell people what happened you know especially for the local projects and, and and so Mr. Fuller said, can you describe the, something that's wrong? And in this case, is police beating people to death. Can you describe it without using the R word? Racism, that's the R word. Can, again, picture yourself in a town hall that's open to everybody. Let's say you in Gaston County, North Carolina, where 80% of the residents are white. And if you go to uh, any of these uh, political events that's happening where people are networking and, and, and trying to get their individual agendas passed and stuff like that, you'll find that they dominate. They dominate the participants. Okay. And I pointed that out in a video I did for Gaston County Community Talk where I was like, ain't no black people in the room at this swearing in for this Democratic uh, uh, representative, U.S. representative. Ain't nobody, ain't no black leaders in the room. Establishing a relationship where, you know, maybe we get him to back the legislation to abolish slavery from the U.S. Constitution instead of having a loophole that allows them to continue to practice slavery. You know, networking in politics is just like networking in business. It's just like networking in anything if you want to get ahead in it. And so if I'm in an environment like that, can I describe something that's happening in my black community in a way that it ain't, I'm making it seem like it's just about my community? This police violence. Because guess what? In the paper, I read it happened in that community over there. In that community over there. The facts are the facts. The statistics are the statistics. And so I thought that was pretty um, intelligent strategy. And it's part of being codified with your language when you're dealing with white supremacists, and suspected racists when you're in that public sphere. Because he said, as soon as you say the R word, then it's, oh, uh, what are they doing now in the wake of the Tyree Nichols case? As people say, try to explain five black cops beating to death a black man 
in the context of white supremacy. What is all these white supremacists doing? They laughing. And they're like, oh, yep, 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 yep. They talking about five black cops is, white supremacy is responsible for these black cops' behavior. I remember asking years ago to um, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, are black people responsible for our own behavior? Are we, are, are we in fact adults? Are we human beings with self-determination? Are we, do, do, do we have any kind of codes we supposed to be living? She was like, absolutely. But some of us, we think it's okay to act any kind of way. I think Mr. Fuller came up with a name, a name for that too. Qualified, it's sort of like qualified immunity, like for these cops, that whatever a person says, does, they said what they said, and it's okay, and we shouldn't dispute it. Uh, no, that's BS. I, I don't agree with him on that. And I'm going to take a break, break, but I'm going to tell you how Al Sharpton was very uncodified and incorrect in his commentary at Tyree Nichols' funeral, interjecting the race card when there was no need to. And, and, and this might explain why there's so much resistance to quote-unquote police reforms. You know, we, we, we have to strategize. We can't be out here being reactionaries. And then, you know, it makes even less sense to always react with the same logic. And it gets us nowhere. No, we, we need to make progress. And there's very simple things that we can explain in a way to where there'll be no resistance, except for, you know, the cops that don't want to, that, that don't want the standards raised. But of course, they always going to be in opposition. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a music break. I'm going I'm to uh, go back to this abolitionist mixtape because it's banging, man. It's banging. So you're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Saying peace and blessings to you all. I'll be right back on the other side. And when your head is down and you think they've got you, that's when you become tricky and alter your tactics. See, I'm a militant matriarch, and I have a question. What is the tipping point when your rights that you think you have are threatened? They are not coming for your guns, my people. They are coming for your daughters and sons. Indoctrination and leaving children behind so the school-to-prison pipeline can gobble the youth up and feed the hunger for slavery by another name. There is no reform, no plan of action left, but rebellion. Harriet, my hero, and I will run and run my mouth in ink out of pen. How many more women have to die? How many more men? How many times will the sun take away the fog of our rights and this illusion of freedom for all? Really, it's enslavement for everyone, money and possession mixed with white supremacy and patriarchal oppression. They say America invented the cocktail, and we drink till we are drunk. Talking about how nice we are when you really get to know us and we didn't mean it, we were just tipsy. It's not the GMOs and the contrails. America has become toxic and our thoughts, caustic. Mike Brown, mother, said it best. You motherfuckers think this just? We become the rot and the rust. I keep trying to write poems in a cohesive way, a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
Yet each day I wake up and ramble and ramble at how we are at the tipping point when it is time to flip the fucking scales. After she died in police custody, after he was gunned down in a playground, the list goes on and on. After the Department of Justice gives a report and is more like paraphrasing Captain Obvious. After Eric Holder is a day late and a billion fucking dollars short. He is just settling his anchor because he and his administration has kept and furthered the violation of rights since we started leaving those children behind. Because Tamir Rice deserved to die because what 12-year-old plays with a BB gun and does not know his black body was born criminal from conception? Two seconds. Two shots. That cop say he got what he deserved. Because Ayanna Stanley Jones' seven-year-old body was criminal by proxy. And though the doors in her home was unlocked, and the reality of the first 48 bloodlust flashbang grenade, shots fired at grandmother through the neck. She should have known not to sleep on that couch and not to have been black and female and criminal. Both children's murders go unanswered. Mothers of America should be outraged, sanctioned, and allowed to go unanswered for because killing people in line of duty is an occupational hazard in America today. It is us against you, and we have tactical units up armored and tear gassed and violated your rights, and we have Ferguson to prove it. We've got all this leftover booty from the spoils of war, and we can't let all this up armor go to waste. It's the murder of children at the hands of police, the incarceration of the masses, the miseducation, the health disparities, the poverty, the stop and frisk, stop and walk, wiretapping, secret prisons, shoot first and ask questions later. It's not enough to tip to the point where you want to wake up. I'm not even sure what else will, if anything, if we continue to ramble on and on. And maybe, maybe I'll live long enough to write the poetry at the dawn of the republic, at the dawn of the revolution. And maybe, just maybe, you'll fucking shut up and listen. That's music from the Abolitionist Mixtape. Um, man, it's, it's pretty long. I think it's like maybe, what, 25, mil, 25 minutes long? No, it's actually 42 minutes long. So if you want a copy of it, you know, hit me up by email. I'm at blacktalkradiobaby at gmail.com. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's music for your revolutionary soul. It's a music for your abolitionist so, and what what are we seeking to abolish? Uh, we we um seeking to abolish that great institution of slavery that gave birth to just about every other ill on on this planet. Okay, so we're not dealing with mass incarceration. We're dealing with a continuation of the institution of slavery, and that's why I call police slave catchers. But let me play this clip, though, getting back to Mr. Fuller's suggested codification when you were in the public square. And that means talking to the media when you know the cameras is around. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes, as they say, you got to call a spade a spade. And if Dylan Roof went into a church 
and evidence suggests it was he was motivated by racism and white supremacy and and the confederacy and these symbols and all then you got to tell the facts it is what it is but even a bona fide racist ain't gonna argue with you about dylan roos motivation you ain't got to prove it to them they know they wrote the book all right so i, I just don't understand why we are not being more codified like, for example, police violence. Now, this is what Al Sharpton said. Let, let me play that clip for you. Um, this is what Al had to say. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death? But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe if that man had been white, you wouldn't have beat him like that that night. And that, folks, is what's known as emotional candy. Okay? That, that whole line was uncodified, and it's not rooted in statistical facts. Okay, um, whether you want want to believe me or not, you can do your own research. And the research will confirm that I'm telling you that these police come in all colors, all ethnicities, have different religions. I'm sure atheists are among them and what have you. And and even some who are foreign nationals um, can come over here and police. And there is some new information about that. I believe I posted it to the New Abolitionist Radio Facebook page, but uh, that just came to my mind that now foreign people can come over here and be cops and don't even have to be citizens. I believe that legislation was passed in California. But you have the very diverse police forces of America with black people in, in these high positions, like police chief, like sheriff. Y'all remember David Clark, right? And, um, you know, and it's not leading to any change. And, and they're killing everybody. They're killing everybody. They're not discriminating against who they, who they kill. But within my community, for some reason, we think the solution is to just focus on the 26% of black victims. We got to carve out that space and make sure everybody know that we only 13% of the population, but 26%, uh, we've been saying that for years now. Has it led to any change? Huh? Or has it actually alienated the people? Oh, uh, uh, you know, oh, it's just black people getting killed. I don't give a damn about them. So, Hey, I'm Blue Lives Matter. You know, it's just not a very uh, uh, good intellectual strategy to convince people to solve a problem. And since this polit body politic in the United States is dominated by white people, you got to convince the white population in general that it's in their interest to raise the age on cops that you can't be a cop unless you're 26 years old go through psychological ba battery tests they have tests to screen for biases as i mentioned on that other podcast whether they are have anti-black racism anti-hispanic racism whether they just hate everybody 
certain people shouldn't have personalities that are not conducive to them being given that kind of power and that kind of responsibility. We're talking about the power of life and death. We're talking about the power to put people into slavery. So short of a revolution, as we also hear people talk about, like, you know, we're going to have this armed rebellion. Well, until that, until that happens, what are we going to do in the meantime? In the meantime, we got to work within the system that was given to us, right? And there are ways that you can get improvement. If, I, if, you, if I'd have told you 10 years ago, Let's go back to 20, what, 12, when New Abolitionist Radio, the podcast, and Radio Stream launched. If you'd have told me that in my lifetime, I would have uh, seen several states, I think it's like seven or eight of them now, seven or eight states abolish slavery, change their constitutions. Well, if you'd have told me that, I wouldn't have believed you. But guess what? It happened. You just had four join the club last election cycle. And that don't get done without people organizing in the people activity area of politics. What does that do? You, you People want to talk about tangibles and what have you. Well, the tangible you get from that is now those prisoners. Those victims of modern-day slavery can sue the state for violating their constitution, which prohibits slavery. That means they can sue for minimum wage. Maybe they can sue for OSHA protections, meaning occupational safety and hazard, you know, uh, administration fall under them. So, so don't be surprised if you see these lawsuits start popping up and they're winning these lawsuits so when you explain something in a way that it makes people feel like they got skin in the game it's more likely that they will take action on that and then when but when we want to colorize the issue of slavery the issue of of policing when we want to participate in the oppression Olympics and argue about who getting shot the most, we ain't stopping nobody from getting shot. You know, Tony Temple, he said that he believed that Tony, that uh, if Tyree Nichols was white, that wouldn't have happened. You, now, if that was my son, you'd think that'd be any consolation to me. But he ain't white, ref. He's dead. But in the interest of being about the facts, I remember Tony Temple. Tony Temple in Florida, who uh, who who was beaten to death, handcuffed and beaten to death. There was another guy. I'm trying to find a post I made. I po- I be posting so much because I be having so much to share, man. Um, see if I can find that post it was one of the posts i did not make public but i wanted to save it um there was another one in california a homeless white man and if you look at if you look at the photographs of him in the hospital man that dude face was a bloody pulp 
it was a bloody pope. I mean, they beat him so bad. And he was handcuffed. And guess what? The cops got away with it, too. A a um jury let them get away with it. Didn't send them. To, and, and I'm like, wow, this, you know, it, this a white man. So I think Mr. Fuller called that white sacrifice or something. You know, some white people are willing to let one of their own get killed as long as the cops get to keep killing black people. And, and no doubt there are, are people like that, but that doesn't mean that they can stop what people who are organized and determined put their mind to. So I would think the Tyree Nichols case and, and the facts concerning the case should show that Policing is a people issue. It's not really a racial issue. Are there racial elements to it? But if we're in the public square, we want to get the problem solved. And we don't want to use the R word, whereas Mr. Neely Fuller said, then the argument becomes about whether or not something is racist, as of whether or not it's wrong. And I think it's wrong for anybody to get beat to death. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, human beings. I think it's wrong for anybody to have that happen to them. And so how do we stop that? Then there are common sense solutions. You know, this guy, former police chief, gave an interview to a local reporter here, uh, Ken Lemon, a black reporter, and he talked about how easy it is to become a cop, like I was talking about last week. And he was saying, like, these people come in the door with biases that they've been, uh, those biases have been, you know, ran, uh, um, uh, rammed into them, brainwashed into them. These are their foundational beliefs. And then you hire them as a cop and give them three months training and think that's supposed to change their biases. Now, he didn't mention anything about any kind of screening or psychological tests. But he's pointing out that three months of training ain't going to train nobody that's had a lifetime of being taught how to mistreat people. So, again, you know, as I was telling a friend, I'm tired of these people offering up solutions that don't solve, like we need more black cops. No, we don't. Black cops kill people too. They kill, they kill black people at the same rate as white cops. This is statistical data. These are facts. This is not something I'm making up. I have no reason to make up anything. The facts are the facts. All you got to do is know how to find them. So I want to see this, this problem. Uh, be solved and I'm tired of these hustlers like Al Sharpton just rinsing and repeating the same talking points and not able to even solve the problem so that's all I got to say I won't belabor the point and um, we will bring this broadcast to a close I, sh I, I should have another guest line up um, next week Next Friday, 8 o'clock p.m., I'll have a guest on to talk about uh, the Mandela uh, campaign. Um, and I think I promoted it before Tag was on, or, or he shared 
the uh, video because it was a web series and he shared that video and I posted it on Black Talk Radio Network. But they have another upcoming event and I hope to have someone on to come on and inform us about it. All right. So recognize the fact that you live behind the enemy lines of what? Of USA Inc. And they're still practicing slavery here and the modern day slave catchers is out here beating people to death. So you got to practice defensive living. You got to always be aware of your surroundings and you can't think emotionally. You have to, to make up in your mind to stay calm and think your way through these situations and not be rash. But I do believe that there's hope at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how long the tunnel is, but if we walk that tunnel and keep, you know, building on each other, then we, we can solve these problems. And if not entirely, greatly reduce these problems. There too many people, 1,100 people a year being killed by cops is, is unacceptable. Hell, 100 is unacceptable. But that's my show. Peace and blessings to all. Y'all be safe out there. Thank you.